Matthew chapter number 7, if you look with me in verse 24, we'll read just a few verses here. The parable of two foundations. We come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been preaching for several chapters the Sermon on the Mount. I have this uh, thought that when I get to heaven, I'm going to get to be able to watch these things happen. I just got this feeling that the Lord's got some way of showing me. I would love to hear. How many of you would love to hear Jesus preach the Sermon on the Mount? Hallelujah. I can guarantee you there's never been a greater preacher, a greater message preached. and I'm looking forward to hearing it someday straight from Jesus himself. And at uh, any rate, he's preaching the sermon and he comes to the conclusion of the sermon and he's going to bring it to a place where he's going to draw the net, he's going to set the hook, he's going to bring the people that are listening to a place where they have to make a decision. And uh, something about Jesus preaching we need to pay attention to, Jesus did not preach in order to entertain. He didn't preach in order to make people feel better. He preached in order to draw people to himself and bring them to a place where they'd make decisions for him against sin, put their trust in him and not themselves. He was always preaching for a result. And I really think that God's preachers today need to be working and preaching God's word in such a way, not just to entertain the hearer, but to bring about a moment where you decide, where you come to a place where you say yes to the Lord or you say no to the Lord. And uh, Jesus was drawing the net and encouraging people that have heard the message he's just preached to say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. We should choose yes and say yes to the Lord. Adrian Rogers said something quite fascinating. The greatest fool is not the man who doesn't believe. It's the man who does believe and doesn't obey. And so we need to be obeying God's word. If you believe God's word to be true, if you believe Jesus is the Savior, then you should be obeying God's word. And Jesus is going to bring this down to a place and tell a little story and encourage the hearers to say yes to his message. Let's look together at the parable of two foundations, beginning in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. The Bible says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. And Jesus says, here's, the, here's what I want you to know. I've just finished preaching a great message. A message that requires a response. It requires an amen. It requires a yes, sir, to the Lord. You've heard the sermon, and now what I want you to do is respond. And he says there was a wise man that heard the message. And he was like a guy that built a house on a foundation that was rock. And when the rain and the floods and the winds came, 
his house stood. Why? Because he heard the word of God and obeyed it and built a foundation, which was the Lord Jesus Christ, his house stood. He said, the foolish man heard the same message, but he did not obey the word of God. He did not put his trust in Jesus. And because he built his house on sand, when the rain came, and the floods came, and the wind came, his house fell. The Bible doesn't stop by just saying it fell. The Bible says, and great was the fall of it. You see, the parable of these two foundations lets us know and reminds us the fact that we must make Jesus the foundation of our lives. He's our hope. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is our foundation. No other foundation can we lay than that which was laid, which is Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Jesus is our foundation. We must build our lives on a firm foundation and trust in the Lord. You know, Jesus didn't say, well said, thou good and faithful servant. He didn't say, well attended, thou good and faithful servant. Well heard, thou good and faithful servant. He said, well done. As God speaks to our hearts today about the foundation that we need to lay in our lives, which is Jesus. May you be reminded that God wants us to do and obey and make him our foundation today. I want you to know something. You can't build a skyscraper life on an outhouse foundation. It just don't work. Our foundation must be the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the parable of two foundations. Let's consider this. Number one, what they had in common. Both of these, the wise man, the foolish man, the house that stood, the house that fell, they have some things in common. The first thing they have in common is that they both heard the message. The Bible says in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. They both heard the message. You know, it's important that we hear the word of God. It's important that we make it a habit to be in God's house and under the preaching of God's word. But hearing the word of God is not the transformative thing that we need the most. You see, hearing the word of God is just part of the equation. We must be hearers and doers. Both of these people heard the word of God. I said it just a moment ago. God doesn't say, well done, thou faithful hearer. He says, well done, thou faithful servant. What does the servant do? The servant obeys. Well done. We cannot just hear the word. They both heard the sermon. They both heard the sermon. They both were building a house. I think this is quite fascinating to see. In a certain sense, it's quite sad because you have two well-meaning people who want to build a house. You have a wise man that builds a house on the foundation, which is Christ Jesus. And you have a foolish man who builds a house on the sinking sand. They both want to build a house. You look at them, you can see it in verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house. In verse number 26, the Bible says in the last sentence, last phrase, which built his house, a foolish man built his house. What are they doing? They're both building houses. When you look at this story, you can't help but see the wise man on one side And in his heart, he wants to do something with his life that matters. 
In his heart, he wants to build. In his heart, he wants a home. In his heart, he wants success. You see, in his life, a burden to do something good. It's a good thing to build a house. It's a good thing to build a house. In my life, I'm building a house. I'm not building one figure, uh, literally, I'm building one figuratively. But I'm working. I want my life to count for the glory of God. I want to be a good husband, a good father. I want to be used for the glory of God. I want to be able to stay clean and pure. I want to protect myself from going to jail. I want to do the right thing. I'm building a house. It's important to me. I want to do it well. And in this story, a wise man's building a house and a foolish man's building the house. They both have hopes for the future. Folks, I want you to know something. If you try to build your house without Jesus, you're going to find yourself in great trouble. They're both trying to build a house. I ask teenagers often, I preach to teens, how many of you want to ruin your life? How many of you, when you grow up, you want to be an absolute, total failure? And none of them want to. But the bottom line is, when we build our houses on sand and we leave Jesus out, I'm just going to tell you, you may experience the world's success, but ultimately your house will fall. They were building houses. What did they have in common? They both heard the message. They both were building a house. They had hopes for the future, hopes for their family, a vision for their lives. What did they have in common? Here's another thing they had in common. Look what happened to the wise man in his house. Verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. What happened? The wise man who built his house on the rock, which was Jesus. Floods, rains, winds came and beat upon that house. Guess who else experienced storms? The foolish man. The Bible says in verse 27, the rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house and it failed. What do they have in common? They both experienced trouble. They've both experienced trouble. So, if you choose Jesus, if you say, from this point forward, I'm going to live for Jesus, I'm going to make him my foundation, does that give you a free pass from having to deal with trouble? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I'm not so sure that Christian people don't end up dealing with more trouble than lost people. But don't let that deter you. Because the trouble we face as God's people, we have the promise of his grace, and it is all sufficient. And it will show up in your time of need, and you'll be glad you did. Not only do you have hope for now, you have hope for all of eternity when you make Jesus king of your life and your foundation. Both the foolish man and the wise man, they both experienced rains, floods, and waves. <laughs> Someone illustrated like this. If you ever got a piece of mail at my house occasionally, I get a piece of mail that says, Cody Sturgill or current resident if you're like me when I get something that says Cody Sturgeon or current resident it goes in the trash you know what that means if somebody writes on something Cody Sturgeon or current resident that means simply we don't care who lives here <laughs> we don't care who lives here we want to sell you something the bottom line is trouble storms it doesn't care who you are or who lives at this house 
the houses of our lives are going to face trouble. And the wise man faced the rains and the storms and the floods. And the foolish man faced the rains and the storms and the floods. It's going to happen. We're going to deal with it. When you deal with the troubles of life and the reality of eternity, you need to make sure that you've built your house on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. You see, the things they had in common lead us, number two, to what they had in contrast, what they had that was different. What was different about them? What made the difference? Why was one guy considered wise and his house stood? And why was another guy considered foolish and his house fell? What they had in contrast. What they had in contrast was they were hearers and doers as opposed to hearers. The wise person was a hearer and a doer. The foolish person was a hearer only. Look what the scripture says in verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them... I will liken him unto a wise man. They were hearers and doers. The wise man was a hearer and a doer. Now, are you a hearer and a doer? How many of you ever been in a Sunday morning service and the Holy Spirit began to work in your heart? The preacher says something and it pricks your heart that you need to change something in your life. And you listen and you hear it. And you say, I'll just tell you one thing in your heart. You're talking to the Lord. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do different. But something happens between the time that you make a commitment in your heart to the Lord to do what you've heard and obey what you've heard and the time you get to your car or when Monday comes around because you forget, it seems like you forget all week the commitment that you made to the Lord. The Bible says that's a hearer. Now look, we need to determine in our lives that we're going to act on the things that God shows us we need to act on. There are folks who have the greatest intentions of repenting of their sin and trusting Jesus and getting saved and having their lives changed, but they just put it off and put it off and put it off. You've heard the message and you've been convicted of your sin. You're like, I'll do it later. You're a hearer. And God says it's foolish to be a hearer only. Hearers and doers. You know what hearers and doers do? Hearers hear the word of God and they act on what God has shown them and they do and they obey you see the wise man was a hearer and a doer we're to be not just hearers but hearers and doers verse 24 therefore whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them i will liken him unto a wise man verse number 26 you see it and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man now i want you to see the difference what's the difference between a wise man and a foolish man Well, was the wise man full of success and had a high IQ? That's not what made the difference. Was the foolish man a great failure in life and just not real smart? That's not what made the difference. As a matter of fact, God makes it clear that the difference between the wise man and the foolish man was not IQ, it was not success, it was not status, it was not prominence, it was not ability, it was not skill, it was not any of the qualities that we like to laud as, wow, that's awesome. Jesus makes it really plain. The wise man obeyed God. And the foolish man 
disobeyed God. The issue of wise and foolish is not IQ. The issue between wise and foolish, according to God, and that's who matters, is obedience. We're to obey the Lord. We're to obey the Lord. We get in our minds somehow, and I'm confident that it's the devil working in your heart to turn you away from Jesus. We get in our hearts that somehow we have developed a righteousness. We've developed a religion. We've developed a faith. We've developed a way to get to heaven that is better than what God has laid out in his word. And all the folks who think they're smarter than God and have their own form of righteousness and own means and idea of how to be saved that's counter and contrary to God's word. The Bible says that's not wise, that's foolish. I've met a lot of wise people who couldn't read. They're willing to obey God. And I've met a lot of foolish people who had all the book knowledge and all the brains that God's blessed a person with. And they were foolish. You see, these guys had in contrast, one was wise, one was foolish. And it's not that this guy was smarter than that guy. It was that this guy was obeying God and God's word. And he made his foundation Jesus. And this guy disobeyed. What they had in contrast they're hearers and doers and hearers only. They were wise and foolish. What they had in, contact, in contrast was their foundations. It's the most elementary part of this passage of Scripture. Their foundation was different. One was solid, the rock. The other was the sand. Look what the Bible says in verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a man, a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. The difference between these two men was the foundation that was laid. The foundation that was laid was the rock, the rock which is Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 13, I mentioned it a minute ago, the Bible says there's no other foundation laid than that which is Jesus. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is preaching the sermon. Jesus is bringing about the invitation. He said, now listen, don't be like the foolish man. You be like the wise man and you build your house on the rock which is what I just taught you in the Sermon on the Mount. The foundation is Christ, and our foundation needs to be solid. I'm fascinated with building and how things are built, and the foundation of any structure is one of the most important parts. The trade towers, after they were knocked down on September 11th by terrorists, a few years passed, and they've built another building back in its place called One World Trade Center, if I'm not mistaken. I was fascinated by that skyscraper. If you've never been in New York, it's amazing. The buildings are fascinating. To walk down the streets and buildings that soar so high in the sky and to be able to see the skyline of New York City and other large cities in our nation, it's amazing. I was fascinated by what kind of foundation it takes in order to raise a building that high in the air. I think the trade, World Trade Center is like 91 stories high, something like that. 
What kind of foundation? So I began to research just a little bit. My research was, I typed it in Google. Don't get too impressed with my research. The foundation for the One World Trade Tower, below grade, below the ground, is 70 feet. They go 70 feet deep. This ceiling is like 18 feet, something like that. They got 70 feet down the ground. I, I read it's kind of interesting. I got to thinking about how do you dig, uh, how do you get all the dirt and rock and stuff out of that big, I mean, that's a big hole. That's a bi- I like digging holes. That'd be fun. But maybe not. That's a big hole. I think it was like a 100 million cubic yards of dirt and debris in the hole that makes the foundation for the One World Trade Center. You need a rock if you're going to build something that counts. Our foundation needs to be the Lord Jesus Christ. If you build on anything else, you're going to find out that you're building on something that's shifting and sinking. Our foundation needs to be a rock. The rock is Jesus. The word, God's word says that we're to build our church on the rock, which is Jesus. We're to build our lives on the rock, which is Jesus. We need to put our foundation in Christ. He's the rock. What they had in contrast was the wise man built his house on the rock, but the foolish man built his house on the sand. The sand here would be a picture of someone who said, you know what? I want to go to heaven when I die, but I'm confident that the old religion and the old way, according to the Bible, is the wrong way. And surely in this modern day, God in love will extend a, and has a different way for folks to get to heaven than they used to. Not true. You see, we must build our foundation on Christ. God's word must be our authority. Where else can we find a reliable place to get our answers? Do you want to get your answers from men who study? There have been men who were the smartest of the smart in the last three and four hundred years and in the last 25 years who believe things to be absolutely, teetotally certain on the authority of doctor or whatever's at the end of their name. And they've been proven wrong. There are stories of past presidents. I think George Washington, don't quote me on it. He ended up dying because the doctors of the the day felt confident that if you were to bleed somebody a little bit at a time, it would get the impurities out of their system and they could survive. And so slowly they, doctors, the smartest of the smart at the moment, they slowly bled a U.S. president to death. I'm just telling you, you can put your trust in somebody that thinks they know something. Or you can put your trust in God that created everything that is and sent his word and gave us a guide. I think I'll choose the Lord. You know something I've noticed? I've noticed over and over and over again that God's word proves itself true. And God proves himself faithful. And so if you want something to build on, you ought to build on Jesus. What they had in contrast, one, they had a foundation that was the rock, which is Christ. And the other was a foundation that was the sand shifting. Another thing that they had in contrast was the result. What the Bible says, 
In verse number 25, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. What happened? The house that stood on the foundation, which was Jesus, it did not fall. Now look, don't get the idea. I'll never preach this message. That if you'll choose Jesus, you'll never have any trouble. That all God's good, faithful people aren't going to die at a young age, aren't going to deal with cancer, aren't going to fight or, or deal with problems and issues, aren't going to have tragedy. That's a lie from the pits of hell. God's people deal with those things. Those are the rains and the floods, the storms. I want to remind you of something. The promise and the work that God does in our lives and for us, it goes far beyond the shortness of our lives into all of eternity. And if Christian people take eternity out of the picture in their thinking, they're going to live a life that has a, a faith that is completely and totally shipwrecked. You ask all the disciples, if after you decide to follow Jesus, if everything is perfect all the time, and they're going to say, no, it was tough. But God's grace was sufficient and eternity is sweet. You see the foundation. The Bible says that that house didn't fall. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's no promise that I'm going to make it another week. I'm in good health right now. But there's no promise I'm going to make it another week. But if, and if I end up gone in the next week, don't you say that God was bad or God doesn't love him or God must not care. You remember something. God's got a plan that's bigger than us. And the foundation that I built my house on, it stands the test of time and life and death and eternity because it's founded on Jesus. Now look, if your faith doesn't take you beyond the grave, you have a faith that is empty and valueless. You see, our faith, the foundation of our faith, is in Christ Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, who made it possible that we could have eternal life if you will repent of your sin and trust in Him. Folks, you can build the biggest house you can ever imagine, but if you're building a house and building a life and you've left the foundation of putting your trust in Christ by faith as your Savior, if you've left that off, let me tell you something, you've built on sand. You see, that house stands... It's built on Jesus. You've lost someone dear recently. God's not failed you. The future's bright. Your heart is broken because of tragedy. He said, I've been trying to live for Jesus and I still had to face tragedy. I'm reminding you, God's not failed you. Eternity's sweet. God's grace is sufficient. Keep trusting, keep believing, keep trusting, keep believing. When you build on the foundation, which is Jesus. The Bible says, and it's plain, and it's right, it fail not. It fail not. But for the foolish man who built his house on the sand, the Bible says it like this in verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it failed. You see that? It failed, but it doesn't stop there. 
The Bible says it fell, and great was the fall of it. It fell. It's awful. Lest you get the idea that it fell, and they have the opportunity to build it back again. The Bible says it fell, but it didn't just fall. It had a horrible conclusion. It fell, and great was the fall of it. It was final, it was certain. Great was the fall of it. Lord Jesus points to the fact that the person who builds their life on anything other than God's plan and the person of Jesus Christ, the storms are going to come and death eventually and finally will bring about its end, the end of the house building. The Bible says great is the fall of it. There's a penalty and a punishment for our sin. Lord Jesus preached more on hell than he preached on heaven. It's a fact. And if your foundation is not in Christ, you have no promise of eternal life. The Bible says great was the fall of it. Where's your foundation? There's a contrast in the results. The wise man's house, it didn't fall. The foolish man's house, great was the fall of it. God's people need a foundation, which is Jesus. When I was a little boy, I had a toy that I really, really loved. It was called a punch me. It was called a punch me. And a punch me, my punch me was actually a yogi bear punch me. Hey, boo, boo. <laughs> and the way the punch me worked, it was, it was about that big. There was a bag of sand in the bottom of it. Don't worry about the sand part. It goes counter to my illustration, but it makes a good illustration, I promise. The sand was the bottom. It was the foundation. It was the solid, the weight. And you took that thing and you blew up Yogi Bear. He looked like a cone. You blew up Yogi Bear. I wanted Yogi Bear blown up really tight because when you punched him, you got the greatest results. You blew up the punch me and Yogi Bear would stand with his foundation and then like a balloon on top. And it was so much fun. How many of you have seen a punch me? How many of you remember punch me? Man, they were great. And I remember blowing punch me up and setting Yogi out on the floor. And I did what I was supposed to. I punched him. You could punch him and you could hit him as hard as you want. If you hit him real hard, he'd hit the ground and back back up and hit you. Several times I hit Yogi and he hit me back. It was fun. You'd kick that thing and throw it across. It'd go across the room. Man, that punch me was fun. But you know something fascinating about that punch me? It didn't matter what you did. Up here. He always stood right back up. You know why? Because of his foundation. No matter how many times you knocked Yogi around, he stood right back up. Why? Because he had a foundation. Now, it's a silly illustration, a very important point. If you make Jesus your rock, your foundation, and you build on him, you've been saved put your trust in Jesus. You've obeyed the Lord. You've followed him in baptism. You've decided to live for Jesus. You've made Jesus your rock. Let me tell you something. When Jesus is your foundation, no matter what happens up here, no matter what happens in this life, storms of life will beat and blow and knock you around. No matter what happens up here, you always stand. You'll always 
stand. You won't fall. You'll have God's grace for living, God's mercy for living, God's hope for living. But more importantly, you'll have God's promise of eternity when you make Jesus your foundation. You see, Jesus said, now listen, I've preached all these things in the Sermon on the Mount. And you guys are going to be one of two people. You're going to be a wise man that hears and does what I've put in your heart to do. Or you'll be a foolish man that hears and hears only. Which one are you? What kind of foundation have you laid? May your foundation be the Lord Jesus. Let's pray.